Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Jurassic Views, Ottawa's Raptors podcast, Bryce Diamond post-game against the Dallas Mavericks. I don't know if you got a chance to see this game. Uh, This was one of those games that uh, was worth watching. It was overall pretty well played. Um, Some really good contrasts of style. Um, some really talented guys in the league. We know Pascal Siakam and his ability to be a top 15, 16 player in the league. We know Luka Doncic, arguably, arguably uh, the most threatening, the most layered and complex offensive player to cover. We know who Kyrie Irving is. Although Kyrie uh, didn't look 100% in this game. Uh, he, he looked like he was fighting something. Uh, these are two teams who are going to fight for playoff spots for sure. Dallas has a lot of redemption. Uh, you know, they've had a roller coaster ride. They went from conference final against the, the Warriors where they got swept to not even making the play-in last year. And then here they are this year feeling like they've got a lot better kind of grounding and stability. They've certainly had a longer runway with Kyrie Irving and Luka together. So these are very uh, talented. This is a very talented squad in Dallas. Uh, But we know that there's a rise, a meteoric rise from Scotty Barnes. Uh, He has played huge so far this season. Uh, Then you've got really smart guys, Jakob Pertl, uh, OG Ananobi, uh, considered a top 10. I would argue he's a a top five defensive player. Grant Williams can be that type of character. Uh, Leaves a little, uh, you know, there's a want, there's a desire that builds, I think, when you see Grant Williams from an offensive perspective. Uh, there Sometimes he, he plays a, a specific role and he looks really, really good, almost elite in that um, like Bruce, Bo, Bruce Bowen type role. I don't know why I'm stuttering on his words here, but almost like a Bruce Bo, Bowen type player, uh, if you know Bruce Bowen. And then there's other nights that, he, he just looks like a ghost, you know, that kind of haunts sometimes his team, sometimes your team, uh, depending on the night. Uh, Dallas was without their rookie, uh, Derek Lively, who has had a hell of a start uh, to this season. They're also without uh, Seth Curry, who used to play for Dallas, went away to the East Coast, played for Philly. Uh, then Brooklyn, and then came back to Dallas 
Uh, don't know what his status is, but he did not play last night. My guess is he's got some nagging injuries. For the Toronto Raptors this season, the starting group of Schroeder, Pirtle, Barnes, Ananobi, and Sackham have been excellent. Um, that is, you know, without question. Yes, there have been guys on the team like Siakam against San Antonio um, or, you know, Pirtle in, in certain games, maybe against Embiid, uh, where they haven't played their best. They've been below our expectations. But as a group, they've pretty much been even or in the plus all season long. Um, it's been the bench that have, that has been in question. And this was another game where you felt like you were going to need the bench to play well. And really, uh, simply put, they needed to contribute offensively. This is a Dallas team that is in the top three in scoring in the NBA to this point. They can put up 120, 130 in their sleep. And last night, you know, uh, scoring 58 in the first half and the Raptors playing them pretty well overall, you felt like Dallas was on target, on pace for 120. Uh, And if they got hot, if Kyrie gets going, if their bench led by Tim Hardaway Jr. offensively, you felt that that they could put up 125, creep into 130 if Toronto wasn't careful. So it was going to come down to that bench to contribute well. And early in this game, Chris Boucher was all over the place, getting offensive rebounds, putbacks, um, making his presence felt on the glass, Sometimes he picked up a cheap foul. Sometimes he'd get another guy on on Dallas to pick up a cheap foul. But he was everywhere. Just one turnover. We talked about that last season, how good he was not turning the ball over. But Chris Boucher had seven points at the break, and that was huge. Otto Porter Jr., not as great with his shot like he was in the San Antonio game that second half. But then you had Malachi Flynn, um, you know, who was contributing. He had three assists at the half, finished with four. So these are really important stats. Gary Trent Jr., there was two catch and shoots in transition that he made in the first half from three-point range where you felt like, damn, he is locked in tonight. And so when you got to the half up 62 to 58 – you were thinking pretty positively. Scotty Barnes, uh, you know, didn't have a lot going. Schroeder was just trying to find, you know, the rhythm of the game and and where he needed to take up space and where he needed to um, really push, encourage guys uh, to do the same. But what you did have in this first half was a really solid game from OG Ananobi offensively. And Pascal was at a high, high level, uh, scoring in the double digits in the first half. That was excellent to see. So you felt at the half with Scotty Barnes only with four points um, and Pascal and Scotty going 0-4 in the first half from downtown. Uh, Grady Dick, Otto Porter Jr., not getting buckets. You felt like there was some real potential here. Um, for the Raptors to pull out a win in Dallas. 
But you needed momentum, I think, going into the fourth. You needed confidence uh, and some trust in that bench. And, you know, I've really been impressed with the play of the bench um, and more getting play. Uh, So I've been impressed by Darko. He has been very consistent in his messaging that they will play 10 deep. And he has been really consistent in his actions. Now, who that five guys will be coming off the bench is partly decided by health. Obviously, Precious Achua was not available last night because of a groin injury. We haven't seen Coloco. But Jalen McDaniels, who played a really good game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, has not found himself back in the lineup after the Portland game. I think it's been four in a row now where he has not played and he did not play in this game. Thad Young, Garrett Temple, almost like extensions of the coaching staff. And I think both of those guys will be either in front offices or in the case of Thad Young, within an NBA coaching staff, probably by the time he's 40. I think he's 36 this year. So that makes sense. Um, where there's kind of fighting for minutes, Grady Dick, depending how well he plays, shoots. Uh, Malachi Flynn, how effective can he be? Can he make sure to not turn over the ball? Um, and then Gary Trent Jr., how good can he shoot? Because we know defensively he's not as sharp. Rebounding he's not as impactful as Porter Jr. and Boucher. So what will his contribution be? Last night he looked good. Well, late in the third quarter, after the starters got up by 12, Scotty Barnes came off, Jakob Pertle came off, and the bench started to come into the game. Malachi Flynn hits two threes in the third quarter. Gary gets another bucket, and Chris Boucher does the same. And the Raptors at one point late in the third got up 15. Dallas would trim that lead to seven points and uh, be able to, uh, you know, start to turn things into their favor. But the Raps closed the third quarter well and were able to get up by 11 going into the fourth, 99-88. I don't know about you, but I was pretty optimistic. I knew that the game was not over. I knew there was still work to be done. I always have a magic number. If you've you've heard me uh, talk about, uh, you know, fourth quarters, I always have a magic number if the Raptors are leading. Last night, I said the Raps needed 23 points to have 122 total points. The Toronto Raptors defense, that would mean that they'd have to play pretty sharp um, because Dallas can score 33 relatively easy if they get going. So, uh, you know, to hold Dallas in Dallas to 30, uh, th- 33 points, um, you know, was, was going to be a, a, a real ask. But that would have put them at hundred and. 21 points, right? So we get the win. So my magic number was 122. Dallas seemed to get a whole bunch of free throws 
to start the quarter, to start the fourth quarter, the clock is stopped. When the clock is stopped, that definitely favors the team that is trailing. It definitely favors the home team because the fans have a chance to really rally against their team, uh, rally for their team. Um, and they were, you know, kind of chipping their way in. They got it as close as seven in the fourth quarter. But the Raptors seem to get, time and time again, good positive plays from Malachi. He played uh, for about three minutes in that fourth quarter, played a total of 15. Gary Trent Jr. made another mid-range, which was really important to kind of stop any run from Dallas. Uh, Scotty Barnes uh, was aggressive with that second unit. And although Otto Porter Jr. didn't score... Uh, he was getting rebounds, being smart, and they got a little luck. Um, you know, I don't know how good this Dallas free throw shooting is uh, on a whole this season, or or as a as a you know a, a collective how how good they were last season. But last night, both teams kind of shot. Under their season average, the Dallas Mavericks were 61%. Maxi Kleba uh, was quite weak from the free throw line. They were 19 of 31. And I believe they missed six fourth quarter free throws. That is not a team that is looking to win and close out uh, or come back. Uh, um, for the Toronto Raptors, they were 18 of 27. So the free throws were, were pretty even um, after a first half that – I thought Luca manipulated things really well. He got the refs um, kind of in his pocket, to be honest, in that first half. He even had this great giant smirk for OG and Anobi to say, hey, this is going to be a long night for you if you want to be aggressive and, and a bit handsy. I didn't think he was handsy. I thought actually Luca made a lot of um, – a lot out of touch fouls. I thought he initiated a lot of contact to get fouls, which I always have a problem with. And of course, Luke is a star and, and he's Dallas's star. And you know, Mark Cuban and his billion dollar influence is, is going to be able to, um, you know, write to the NBA or, or get on the phone with Adam Silver and, and try to go to bat for his guy, even though this guy can live at the line. He has 10 free throws last night. Uh, that's right around his average for the season. But we were lucky. We really were, um, despite, you know, what I might think of the calls, despite, uh, you know, the the grumpiness that some Raptors fans had toward the officiating. We got lucky that they missed free throws. Um, Luca was 7 for 10. That's nothing to be overly excited about if you're a superstar. You know, but then they had Dwight Powell go three for five. Maxi Kleba, as I mentioned before, was four of eight. Dante Exum, uh, if you're going to be getting floor time, you had eight minutes last night. He was one for three. That's not a good look for him. Um, so, yeah, this this was a moment uh, in the game, start of the third, sorry, start of the fourth quarter, where Dallas could have really got the game within two possessions. And because of their poor free throw shooting, it never got to that. Uh, the Raptors then were able to get the starters back into the ballgame outside of Pirtle. He did not close this game. 
And Scotty Barnes took over. He was aggressive. He got to the free throw line. OG and Anobi did as well. And both of those guys made free throws. Pascal Siakam had one hell of a third quarter to really propel, uh, be the engine for the team in the third quarter to give him that double-digit lead. He just had two points in the fourth, but did finish with 31 and a really critical layup um, in, a, in a time in the game where the Raptors once again showed some shakiness in closing teams out in the final three, four minutes. Um, but one guy who we keep talking about, who has impressed us so much, who has given stability, who has given confidence, who has given us belief as fans as well as his teammates' fans, is Dennis Schroeder. Scotty had an off night. Pascal was red hot. OG was rock solid. Um, but it was Dennis Schroeder who just made the right play. Sure, he missed a free throw in the fourth, which you love to, to have back. He probably would have too. But to go three for four from the line, to, to make a couple layups when the offense wasn't perfect in the half court, this was really, really good stuff from the Toronto Raptors and, and their point guard. And again, I, I will probably repeat this throughout the season if it continues. Dennis Schroeder is shooting 40% from downtown. He is, uh, you know, averaging almost 18 points a game. He is um, having a career best 8.4 assists and is fifth in the league in assists. This guy was an absolute steal. He just turned 30 years old. He is uh, only about five months younger than, sorry, older than Fred Van Vliet. Fred, uh, in February of 2024, will return will, will 30. And when you think about how much Fred Van Vliet is getting and what we got Schroeder for and the ability now, if we want, if the success starts to come in, in waves, if Pascal OG continue to play the way that they did last night, we are going to be able to pay Siakam and Anobi and give Scotty the rookie max because Schroeder is only taking 13 million. It's incredible. And I get the feeling, and the, I mean, Dennis has already spoke to this this season. I get the feeling that he would resign. I really do. Um, you know, who knows how the rest of the season will play out if and when we make the playoffs. Who knows how how um, how interested uh, you know Dennis will be um, to resign with the Raptors, but everything points to this guy being like the perfect fit. So I am excited. You know how much I love point guards. I love Pascal. I really enjoy Scotty, and I know that he's the future of our team. OG is just a great starter. You can't ask for a better starter, defender, um, who who is a guy who doesn't demand 
have huge demands offensively. The guy scored 26 points on 17 shots. That's great. And five for six from the line, three for eight from downtown, nine for 17 total from the field. This was a really good night from a top five defender. Uh, If you can keep this group, these starters together, and they can get these types of games on the road against a playoff level team, um, that's really exciting. However, where I was going with this is, I love watching Dennis Schroeder play. He, he right now has already become my favorite player on the Raps. Fred Van Vliet was my favorite Raptor um, last year and the year before. He probably was my favorite Raptor, although I love Kyle Lowry. But you could tell Kyle was, was stepping away. Um, you didn't know the exact timing, but, but you knew it was coming. The writing was on the wall. I just love point guards. Um, so, you know, for the last decade, my favorite player on the Toronto Raptors has been a point guard. And so it's not surprising, but I'm surprised that Dennis Schroeder has played this well. I'm surprised how well he's fit with this team. It's been excellent. And for Dennis Schroeder, for OG Ananobi, what was, I think, most satisfying about this win is they had the last laugh. Grant Williams gave him a little condescending slap to the face. Gentle love tap. Nothing hostile is what the ref said in it. Although, why is a man putting his hands on other man's face in an NBA game? Um, It wasn't friendly. Um, It should have been a tech. It shouldn't have been a a flagrant or um, a player, you know, uh, unsportsmanlike. But it's just like, what are you doing? If Giannis is in the Detroit Pistons game uh, that they won the other night, if Giannis gets a tech for saying too small to another guy when he dunks on them, then when Grant Williams puts his hands on the face of a player, I'm sorry, that's a technical foul. So I'm not sure what that was all about. But Dennis Schroeder had the last laugh with Grant Williams. Um, Last night, first half – Luca's all smiles, pearly whites, smirking over at OG Ananobi, the little brother antagonist that Luka Doncic is. Um, and OG Ananobi had the last laugh. He was all smiles. Um, I don't know if Luca shook everybody's hands, uh, but I hope he shook OG Ananobi's hands, and I hope he said, well done, man. You got me that game. And listen, Luca was great, and he is great. He's exceptionally talented. He's a top five player in the league. There's no question. He's arguably the best offensive player in the league. He had an off night, I would say, last night. He was two for 10 from downtown, seven for 10 from behind the arc, uh, from the free throw line, 11 of 26 total. He had some really easy buckets, but he also had eight assists, four steals, seven rebounds. Um, you know, he, he, he showed that he was a superstar uh, overall, but... He met his match, and so did Dallas. They had lost one game to this point in the season, and this Raptors team is built to cover, slow down guys like Kyrie and Luka, especially Luka. And although you'd think 31 points is a really effective night, we know Luka can put up 40 or 45. I think he's already got a 40-point game uh, in his, in his um, uh, resume this season. And, but it was really a difficult one, you know, 11 of 26 from the field. 
that's not a great night. Two for 10 from downtown, that's not effective. So the Raptors did exactly what they um, wanted to do. They got 127 points against one of the worst defenses in the NBA and without Derek Lively, who's a rim protector, um, without Lively, who um, really uh, can frustrate guys like Siakam and Barnes who like to go strong against mismatches. They have to be aware of, of the shadow on the on the weak side who's coming over to help. Um, you know, they, they had the blueprint to this game um, and they followed it perfectly and they got the win. Now, I, I talked about how Darko has been consistent with his words and actions and how much uh, I've appreciated him this season. The guys, the team obviously does too. Here's another thing that makes players just so excited, but also from a momentum standpoint that as a fan watching this game, I was really impressed by. Within 30 seconds, I believe, uh, Darko called two coaches challenges. And guess what? Was successful in both of them. That is really, really cool, really special. (laughs) Because you could tell Dallas was hanging around. You could tell Dallas was not far away from from turning this game into their – you know, advantage and, and into their hands. Um, they, they certainly hadn't controlled the game. The game was not theirs for the taking, but they were right there. And with 522 to go, um, they took away a foul, which would have been Dennis Schroeder's fifth, 522 to go. The score was 121.06. So, Remember what happened in Chicago? Uh, all the players do, all the fans do. Darko remembered too. He's like, let's try and take advantage of this. And he was right. He did not make a lot of um, impact on Kyrie at all. Raps get the ball back, go down the other way, uh, do make an error, and, and Dallas did score. But then Schroeder on the very next play, he made some free throws, both of them in fact, and got back up 14. So momentum's still in their hands. Then, with uh, Dallas in the half court, uh, Luca cuts a pass across um, the the half court from one side uh, to the other, pretty much. And the ball gets tipped by Scotty, I believe. And then uh, Dante Exum also touches the ball before it goes out of bounds. Now, Ben Taylor, we, we know what Fred Van Vliet said about him. Uh, he's standing right beside Exum, pretty much. And and how he was unaware of the finger getting touched, how he was unaware of the ball changing trajectories, I have no idea. And I don't want to get caught up in the refs because you know how easy that is. Will Lou and I, if we're the same in anything, it's, it's in that regard. We love to nitpick the officials, and uh, it's on brand. However, however, the tipped ball uh, did get uh, challenged once again by Darko. It was it was a hell of a challenge, and it got overturned again. It was really really impressive. That was with four oh one to go. That um, call was made, and so you have a, a call made with. 
522 to go. And then you have a call with uh, 4, 401. Uh, to go so uh, you know almost 90 seconds apart but you rarely I mean the coaches now have two challenges if they're successful with the first they get a second but to call two within with you know within 81 seconds of each other is pretty bold but Darko did it was right on both and the Raptors really benefited uh, from that after that play they, they got a couple stops um, yes Dallas scored to make it 122 111 remember 122 is my uh, magic number. Um, and then the wraps came down and got one or two free throws, but their defense was really sharp. It's like they backed up the coaches challenges and said, okay, we're going to do all the hard work. Scotty hit a couple free throws with 157 to go. They're up 11. It was getting challenging now. Uh, and then after Luca made a bucket with 147 to go and get it a nine point game. Pascal Siakam made a bucket with 138 to go that really broke the backs of the Dallas Mavericks. They went and uh, missed a three pointer. And although the Raptors did not score the rest of the way, either did Dallas and the Toronto Raptors win this thing 127. 116, a very impressive game. And I would say this is their most complete victory. The game against Milwaukee, Milwaukee was awful. And they never really threatened the Raptors. I think the closest got was 13 where this in the second half where this game got to seven. And you could tell Dallas was just a three-pointer here or there away or losing those challenges and Kyrie gets free throws or they maintain possession and hit a bucket. Who knows? It could have been a six-point game with two minutes to go. And then with Dallas's ability to score in the half court and the Raptors' uh, struggles in the half court, you just don't know what, what would have happened. And so kudos, mad respect, big shout-out to Darko. Um, once again, uh, proving that he has got his team's back he believes in them, but he's going to make the challenges in the right moments to really benefit uh, his team to keep the momentum. Um, and, and that was huge, you know, uh, a lot of respect for that. Uh, but they, the Raps got so many guys involved in this game. The bench, as I was talking about before, I never closed out on them, so I will now. Um, you know, Malachi Flynn, eight points last night, Gary Trent Jr., 16 points last night. Both of them hit multiple threes. Malachi was two of four. Trent Jr. was four of eight. I mean, for them to go six of 12 combined, 50% is excellent. Uh, they combined for zero turnovers from those two. So you're your backup backcourt has zero turnovers with 24 points. Um, pretty incredible. And then, of course, Chris Boucher was 4-4 from the uh, field. He drilled a three. He only missed a free throw. The bench, except for Grady Dick, was a plus. Uh, plus four, plus nine, plus seven, plus four. That's just massive. If they can be a positive in the positive uh, this season, they're not going to lose too many games, to be honest. Um, that's just a fact. Our starters are that good. As a whole, um, 
Oh, and Chris Boucher had 10 points total. So you got from the bench, I'll just finish off this point, uh, 34 points from the bench. Again, if your bench is a plus and your bench scores 34 points, if you're the Toronto Raptors, you are going to be a tough out. That uh, enabled them to score the 127 to keep this great offense from uh, you know, being able to summit the Toronto Raptors and just huge. Uh, they were 67% from the field, as I said before. They really struggled there, I thought. Uh, Pascal's got to be sharper from the line. Uh, they were 50% pretty much from the field. They struggled from the three-point line, uh, 31%. They were 11 of 36, probably shot four or five more threes than they really wanted to. Scotty and Pascal did not hit one. I believe they were 0 for 9. So the night of Trent Jr. and Flynn really balanced things out quite nicely, even though Pascal had a season-high 31 points. Um, and, and so are the Raptors going to shoot around 31% probably most games? Yeah. But if you can get a win and 127 points from your team, um, you know, against a good offense, it, it's gonna, you're going to put yourself in a really good position. So I was really impressed. I hope you got a chance to watch this game. It was a bit stressful, obviously, but I think for me, all Raptors games are are pretty stressful (laughs) Uh, because I just want them to win so bad. But yeah, total team effort. Even the coach chipped in in some big moments. The Raps improved to 4-4, back to that 500 mark, and hopefully um, this will will, help us bring in a tide of confidence and belief going in to Boston, the garden. You know how much I love the Boston Celtics. Oh my gosh. That game on Saturday night will have lots of tension. I'll be watching with some buddies and the family. Um, shout out to, to perfect meat bowl PMB. Um, we're going to be having dinner there and then uh, we will come back and, and watch the game at home, but that will be a lot of fun. Um, I also be, uh, drinking beer during the game. No doubt. Uh, just got a, a nice, uh, you know, set of beer, a little case from Godspeed in Toronto. They had a big deal. So I'll be drinking that and enjoying, uh, hopefully a really good game in Boston. You know what? Hopefully a win against Boston. That always is a nice way to, to enjoy the weekend. If you can beat the Boston Celtics. All right, y'all. I'm going to call it a pod there. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Somebody told me the other day, I should be asking you guys if you could rate, if you could review, if you just like our podcast. Apparently it makes a difference. I've never really asked for it, but someone said I should be. So I will. We've had people from 62 different countries listen to our pod. Um, Our you know, ratings have been pretty solid from those who do listen, but it always helps. Uh, we've even had an episode, two episodes that have been over 200 listens, which is great. One is at 400. So really good stuff. I really appreciate all you guys. So just wanted to, um, you know, listen to my friend's advice and ask you guys to to rate and review so that more people can listen. Uh, 48% of our listenership is Canadian, 43% is the States. And I know that when people rate and review, it impacts how many Americans or how many Canadians who live in the States uh, listen to our pod. So once again, thanks for listening. 
hope you enjoyed this podcast. Hope you more importantly enjoyed this 127-116 road win in Dallas against Luke and company. Peace.